Another account held that Giuseppe had a brother, Antonio, who preceded him as boss in New York, and he once shot dead the dreaded leader of a rival criminal society, the Camorra. The battered transcripts of Antonio Morello's 1892 murder trial, rescued in the early 1980s from a dumpster and now archived in an obscure law library, reveal that he was neither a member of the Mafia nor any relation to his more celebrated brother, and that the man he killed was a one-armed organ grinder with no criminal record who had crudely insulted Morella's wife. Since the story that emerged from my own years of research is frankly astonishing, I also want to make it clear that nothing of what follows is fiction or imagined history. None of the conversations reported in these pages is invented. Each was recalled word for word by one of the participants or noted down by a newspaper reporter. As any historian should, I have listed my sources of information paragraph by paragraph and line by line where necessary, and these can be verified in the endnotes. First Family, in short, is not a rehash of the cursory, inaccurate, invented tales you may have read before. This is how it really happened. Mike Dash, London, September 1st, 2008 Chapter 1. The Barrel Mystery The room felt like the bottom of a grave. It was damp, low-ceilinged, windowless, and on this raw-boned New York night, as chilly and unwelcoming as a policeman's stare. Outside on Prince Street, in the heart of Little Italy, a fine drizzle slanted down to puddle amid the piles of rotting garbage strewn along the edges of the road, leaving the cobbles treacherous and greasy. Inside, beneath a billboard advertising lager beer, a featureless, cheap working-man saloon stretched deep into the bowels of a dingy tenement. At this late hour, it was past three in the morning of April 14, 1903, the tavern was shuttered up and silent. But in the shadows at the far end of the bar there stood a rough-hewn, tightly-closed door, and in the room behind that door, Benedetto Madonna sat eating his last supper. The place was advertised as a spaghetti restaurant, but it was in truth an eating house of the most basic sort. An old stove squatted against one wall, belching fumes. Musty strings of garlic dangled from the walls, mingling their odor with the smell of boiling vegetables. The remaining fittings consisted of several rough low tables, a handful of ancient chairs, and a rusting iron sink that jutted from a corner of the room. Gas lamps spewed out mustard light, and the naked floorboards had been scattered with cedar sawdust, which, at the end of a busy day, coagulated into a thick mix of spit, onion skins, and the butts of dark Italian cigars. Madonna dug hungrily into a stew of beans, beets, and potatoes, hearty peasant food from his home province of Palermo. He was a powerfully built man of average height, handsome after the fashion of the time, with a high forehead, chestnut eyes, and a wave of thick brown hair. A thick mustache, carefully waxed until it tapered to points, offset the sharp slash of his Roman nose. He dressed better than most working men, wearing a suit, high collar, tie, and well-soled shoes, all signs of some prosperity. 
Exactly how he earned his money, though, was scarcely obvious. If asked, Madonna claimed to be a stonemason. But even a casual observer could see that this was a man unused to manual labor. His forty-three-year-old body had begun to sag, and his soft hands, neatly manicured, bore no trace of an artisan's calluses. After a while the solitary diner, sated, thrust his bowl aside and glanced across the room to where a handful of companions lounged against one wall. Like him, they spoke Sicilian, a dialect so rich in words drawn from Spanish, Greek, and Arabic that it was scarcely intelligible even to other Italians. And, like him, the jewelry and the clothes they wore were quite at odds with their supposed professions. Laborer, farmer, clothes-presser. Yet there was no mistaking the fact that Madonna was an outsider here.